was reflecting on three specific things uh, when I thought about coaching. Uh, I was thinking about presence. I was thinking about listening. And I was thinking about being non-judgmental. And what struck me as interesting is that all of us have the capacity for these three things. Because I was thinking of a little 11-month-old girl called Laurie, who was a little piece of my heart. Her parents have called me and my wife as her grand godparents. And I was thinking about how little Laurelie uh, is non-judgmental, is present all the time, is listening all the time, which means all of us came with that capacity to be great coaches. But somewhere along the way, we compromised that. And that simplicity exists in all of us. everyone, welcome to the Kocharya webinar, Masters in Coaching. Uh, I'm Kiva and it's lovely to have you all join us today. Do use the chat box and share with us where you're joining us from and do share with us what you're excited about in today's webinar. So the topic of the webinar today is simplifying mastery in coaching and we are going to be in a conversation with internationally renowned and experienced master coaches uh, and I'd like to welcome them to our webinar today. Our host for this session is Viji. Thank you Viji for joining in and our panelists for today are Cindy. So Cindy is joining us as a panelist and we have with us Rachel, John and Alison. Thank you so much for taking the time out uh, uh, all our lovely panelists, I think all of us are really excited to hear from you and to learn uh, all of that that you have uh, for us uh, today. So welcome again and over to you now, Viji. Thanks so much, uh, Kiva. And uh, it's lovely to be back in the Wednesday Masters in Coaching webinar series. This is always a lovely place to come back to. And I'm in particular happy to have Cindy on the other side. And, you know, I can just sit back in my chair and ask all the questions. Uh, of course, I have my friend John here, and it's always good to be back in dialogue. And uh, I'm really excited to also partner with Rachel and Alison today. So uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, for this uh, wonderful session. And I'm calling it wonderful because I can just feel it already. Uh, and I'm hoping to really sort of take away... Um, you know, some depth, lots of diversity, and I think discussion and dialogue, perhaps not debate, but if that happens, that's great too. So I'm looking forward to a lot of these this evening. And I want to quickly go around the table and maybe starting with Alison, um, we go in alphabetical order. What are you looking forward to? I mean, give, give me like a letter or something. So I pick D. What do you pick? Q. Q4? Um, uh, the, the first word that comes to mind is queen, right? Um, there's, a, there's something aspirational to coming to be an MCC, right? You want it as an individual, but ultimately you want it to serve your clients in the best way you can. So that MCC is about skilling up 
um, big time in service of. Yeah. Thanks, Alison. I thought you would say question because that was <laughs> going through my head. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll have a lot of questions as well. But yeah, Queen is um, the first time I'm hearing it, and I think it's very exciting. We'll come back to that, Alison. Um, I, Cindy, C, what's your word? What's your alphabet, and hmm. what, what are you bringing in today? Engage. Engage. I mean, I like Queen also, but I'm going to take Engage. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. And and we've seen you do so much of that, Cindy. So looking forward to it. Um, John. John, you're on mute. Uh, I, uh, mine would be a P. I think I know where it's going, but go ahead, John. <laughs> I would say partnership. Ah. <laughs> Not presence, hmm. John. We'll come to presence as well. <laughs> How could you be there and not speak about presence, right? Yeah, uh, right now, it's all partners, right? In crime. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I am looking forward to an engaging, partnered dialogue, uh, feeling like a queen, right? And John, hmm. that's meant to be gender neutral so far. So Rachel, go on. Please add on to your alphabet and where you're coming in from. Well, I got to have castle, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, C, C for castle. And um, I, I think for, for me, that's kind of representing a good castle is built on strong foundations and it can yeah. be very beautiful and all of that. But so, yeah, castle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I love the metaphor there and a lot of thoughts going on in my mind. And, and C also stands for client in my eyes. And I want to do a bit of framing with that C, Rachel. I hope you don't mind your, my converting your castle to my client. Uh, and, and I'll just kind of tell you where I am coming from. So as I was really putting together, saying, how do we, you know, 60 minutes is an unfairly short duration of time. And Cindy, I've always complained about this to you, right? And we got to pack something at, unpack something at 10,000 feet, which is, well, not 10,000 feet, but something like that, which is mastery in 60 minutes. It's always a tough job, uh, but I'm hoping I can throw the questions and you folks will do the answers. But I want to start with client because I was going back, you know, to let's say the classical definition and not even definition, maybe the frame of reference that um, ICF in its most recent um, you know, credentialing core competency level document talks about, right? And it says the definition of MCC, or let's say the hallmark of mastery, MCC, whatever you want to call it, is complete evidence of the coach's role as a learner. So coach is a learner, learning about what? The client. Client. So it's all about the client, right? So as, as master coaches, that's really the hallmark of mastery. It's also about fluidity and artistry with which a coach engages in a coaching conversation. It's also interesting that worldwide, uh, just 4% of coaches um, hold an MCC credential, which allows for a lot of hypotheses and guessing games about what mastery is all about and what it takes to hold a mastery level coaching credential. So today um, I'm really excited because 
you know, I spoke about the D. I'm hoping that this diverse panel, not just in terms of geography, but also I think we are all at different points in our mastery journey. And I hope I can take that liberty to assume that mastery is a journey. And uh, so it'd be really nice for us together to unpack this. So with, with that uh, little bit of framing, I'd like to jump in with my first question uh, to all of you. Looking back, and uh, Alison, I know you are, you know, uh, in application, right? But even looking back, there was, there must have been some kind of a starting point for all your respective journeys to mastery. So what was that, you know, one thing or maybe two things that prompted you to say, I'm going to get on to this journey, this road? Um, and I'd like all of you to share your thoughts. Maybe we'll start with John. So mine was very simple. My sister was the, my baby sister was the MCC, the first MCC in the country. And, you know, if she could do it, I could do it, right? So, and you can see that I'm highly competitive as well, <laughs> even among siblings. But that, that's, that's really the trigger for me deciding to embark on my MCC journey. Yeah. Thanks, John. Um, so the MCC seems to be a family thing, but that's that was on a lighter note. But I'm also hearing you say that somewhere um, it is about finding inspiration from others around us, right? And if someone could have walked that path, yeah, then allowing ourselves to think, why not me? And I know, John, you say this in different forums we are part of that, you know, every coach here is a master coach. I've heard you say that more than once. So I can relate to what you're saying, John. Um, Alison, you want to go next? Yeah, well, it's a wonderful question. So thank you for asking. I think um, when I applied for my ACC and saw it went ACC, PCC, MCC, I wanted to get to the, the terminal point of learning and mastery, right? And so you know, like John, I, I too am competitive with myself and I wanted to hold myself to a standard also with the proliferation of coaches and especially at least in my country, untrained coaches. I wanted to set myself apart um, and let the client know that I took training very seriously and I took credentials very seriously and I hold myself to that standard. So what they came here into this you know, wild west kind of a role, am I safe here? I wanted them to feel safe and comfortable so that they could do their work. Hmm. Yeah, thanks, Alison. So it's it's also about client safety, client standard, client comfort, you know, giving, giving that confidence to your client. Yeah. So hmm. Cindy, three renewals done in MCC. Uh, do you even remember so long back? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Vijay. <laughs> what a question. Um, yes, of course. Look, it was also very simple for me, but you know, there's a thought playing in my mind. So I'm going to ask John. John, who is your sister? In Bangalore. Yeah, who's your sister? Uh, you mean name? Yeah. Uh, her name is Lena Nangalia. Oh, congratulations to her. I didn't know she was the first in India. Acknowledgement to her. Thank you. And um, 
So Vijay, my answer to that question, it was very easy for me. From the time I knew credentialing, you know, um, and figured this whole thing out as a accredited coach and credentialed, the goalpost for me was MCC. From that day that I figured it out, I had one goalpost in mind. And um, I was just gonna develop myself and get on that path and stay on it until I got to that space of MCC. Yeah. So like the, the highest standout, right? Yeah, there was, there was an intrigue around it, a curiosity, right? What is this MCC? And if it is there, then of course, you know, it's something to strive for and to work towards. So yeah, that's what I did. It was more intrigue. So I'm hearing inspiration and intrigue. Um, mm. Rachel, what was it for you? I'll go for another I word, but for me, it was integrity. Because, and, and I say that because um, I've always loved learning and growing and discovering, and that's sort of part of my identity. And um, I, as I was cut this year, as as Cindy knows, is, is my 50th birthday year. So I kind of thought as I was coming out of my 40s and I'd spent so much time in coaching and learning and growing in that area. I thought, well, you know, in all personal and professional integrity, I wanted to test that journey against an objective standard and see what would emerge where the where where I was um you know deluding myself and where I was actually better you know objectively strong hmm. and where I could grow so it was kind of a an, an upleveling of the verge of that voyage of discovery um yeah so that that's um a big part of that journey for me yeah so very very personal right Rachel yeah absolutely and and I guess another uh, you know for the sake of what comes to mind well obviously for the sake of the people with whom I work the the more I can channel that and embody that essence of coaching mastery the more value I can bring for my clients or the more value I can elicit from my clients and help them to really get that sense of uh, connection with their own mastery and their own journey. Yeah, beautiful. Um, thank you, Rachel. So I, I, I just love the different angles with which, you know, all the answers are coming together. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of shift gears a little bit here. So you know, when Cindy um, reached out to me and said, will you host this? Uh, honestly, between mastery, you know, there was another word, which was simplifying. And I love that word simplicity, right? You, you bring that word to me and I put my hand up and say, yeah, I'm, I'm in. So that's what drew me here today uh, to this conversation. Uh, and, you know, and I think mastery, like I said earlier, there's just a lot of aura around it right so it's time to demystify it a little bit uh i think it's i'm not saying it's simple but i think it's important to simplify it and i think there's a difference there 
So I hope this conversation will help us with that. So if I start with that, simplicity is all about breaking it down, right? You take a complex concept, you break it down into parts. It's a lot easier to understand. That's the way you'd learn math or science or maybe even music, John. Um, so if I were to really invite all of you to break down mastery for us, um, what, what would you say? I can go. Yeah. Uh, um, so an element for me has been the mindset shift. And what you said right at the beginning of kind of shifting from into that curious learner state and committing to that. Um, and once I committed to myself and to my clients and to, you know, my learning cohort, this, I am committed to being a curious learner about everything. I'm mm -hmm. committed to beginner's mind again, to sort of not maybe let go of some of the preconceived notions that I might have acquired um, and, and be a, a, a student, a student of myself, a student of my clients, a student of the core competencies, a student of the ethics, a student of this amazing profession we have of coaching. Yeah, that shifted everything because then it was the joy of learning instead of, oh, my gosh, I have to do all of this stuff and I'm not going to be good enough. And I wonder, will I prove it that I'd be good enough to somebody sometime in some sort of a performance evaluation? It changed completely when I shifted that to what a privilege to go on this voyage with these amazing people towards coaching mastery and I personally don't believe it's a destination either it's an ongoing journey yeah. for me yeah. yeah um thanks for I think starting off with mindset um Cindy what are you thinking so as I went along after becoming MCC the more I paid attention to what is mastery, it was just this very in-depth way of looking at the totality of your client, knowing and being curious about everything around your client, of course, within the session, within the context of what the client is bringing to the coaching. And staying in that curious space of a learner, because then, you know, art's open, your mind is um, sort of empty, not holding too much of your own, but holding what's there for the client and this movement, this gentle movement in the session of transformation. And, you know, that sense of joy inside you, I used to hold that back. Like, you know, let my client experience that joy and hold it back so I don't have, have this illuminated look in me all the time but allow the client to own that it's theirs but you can't help that because when you're in that kind of partnership with a client you feel it inside too <laughs> yeah um absolutely Cindy and I can't sort of 
help sharing this uh, recently in a session you know my my client said something that you know was just so meaningful and so um such an accomplishment for them i i literally went on the screen you know i started clapping and you know and then i was like hey what am i doing here right i said it's okay because it is there it was authentic and and to me that was mm. partnership maybe if i seen my client face to face it would have been a high five or perhaps depending on our level of closeness it maybe even have been a hug or something so mm. love what you said thank you cindy um john and then alison yeah so you know when we you know when i was thinking about simplicity and that's the title also of this yeah. webinar Um, i you know my my mind went to leonardo da vinci who said simplicity is the ultimate sophistication and he was quoted extensively by steve jobs and i was reading the uh, you know what steve jobs had said he said it takes a lot of work to make something simple to truly understand the underlying challenges and come up with elegant solutions and we've seen that Uh, in the work uh, you know, that he started at Apple, and today Apple is well on its way to becoming a, a three trillion dollar you know company, you know, and that sucks. And uh, you know, to my mind, when I think about simplicity, is really going down deep, uh, and and then embodying that that deepness. And I was reflecting on three specific things uh, when I thought about coaching. Uh, I was thinking about presence. I was thinking about listening. and i was thinking about being non-judgmental and what struck me as interesting is that all of us have the capacity for these three things because i was thinking of a little 11 month old girl called laurelie who is a little piece of my heart her parents have called me and my wife as her grand godparents and i was thinking about how little laurelie uh is non judgmental is present all the time is listening all the time which means all of us came with that capacity to be great coaches but somewhere along the way we compromised that and that simplicity exists in all of us so this is really about going back to those quote unquote basics of sorts yeah yeah and and then working on that so that it now becomes a part of what is the life of laurelie even now and she plays she's just being herself right she's just present she's listening she doesn't judge me she doesn't tell me i smell or uh, you know uh, you know i'm bald or what have you right she just accepts me for who i, who I am <laughs> yeah Be- beautiful beautiful john and i i just saw a message pop up from johnny in the chat box uh, original factory setting yeah right and how beautiful life would be if all of us could go back to original factory settings yeah yeah thanks john um alison thank you so i think i think building on what my co-panelists have shared and i was i'm i'm just recently out of my mcc training with coach arya and our cohort spent a lot of time talking about being mm. um and i think that's also what john's talking about with laurelie which is she just is she's not in her head she's not in her full vast set of experiences she's just presence right so returning to presence 
and holding that space I'm in my office. So I'm looking at my client, right? Holding the space between us and inviting them to be as well, right? And in this communing moment, we can just be together. And in the releasing of thoughts, ideas, expectations, we can get um, more connected with ourselves through our shared moment in the shared space. So I think um, being mm -hmm. in order to truly deeply connect, thus inviting the client to be to and reveal more of themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I was just visualizing it as you spoke, Alison. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, comments in the chat box, etc. I'm not yet looking at those uh, dear participants, but you know, keep them coming. We will take a pause in between. And my invitation to uh, you know my panelists here: if you find something interesting, you know, just just call that out, right? So we can bring in everybody into this conversation. Cindy, you want to well, say something? Yeah, I kind of but ask this: What's it for you? What is simplicity <laughs> in mastery for you? I knew you'd do that, right? Because <laughs> after all, you are an MCC in the room and you are going to make your everybody heard. So, um, well, honestly, I have not come prepared with answers, but if you ask me, and you know I'm uh, big on the whole concept of minimalism. And for me, that mm -hmm. has to show up in coaching as well, right? So as less input as possible, you take into the session, but come out with as much of output as possible. That, that in some ways is, you know, a state uh, and an outcome of mastery in, in some ways. Um, but I, I think, you know, building on what you said, Cindy, mastery is about a certain whole person approach and being able to completely be yourself to enable you know that that complete um, manifestation of the whatever the client wants to be of themselves um and i and i think in some ways it connects to all what you said what alison said as well right the beautiful communion so for me uh that's why partnership is so sacred it's not like you know any other you know, partnership for the sake of it so it's a beautiful, deep partnership that allows uh, this and more. So uh, mastery is about less clutter, taking less with me into the coaching room. Because I realized that the more I take in, it's heavier for me and it, you know, it's all about me, which is not what coaching is all about. So, sorry, Cindy, are you on mute? I'm unable to hear you. Yeah, I love what you're saying, because, you know, then we're really demystifying it, right? It's not loaded. MCC is not loaded at all. It's actually doing a lot of emptying and coming to coach not knowing. I love it when clients says, I don't know, because now we're both in the space of discovering new possibilities and, yeah, yeah and yeah. so much more shows up. Absolutely, Cindy. So, um, you know, inspired by what you said, I'm going to now sort of switch the lens up with clients. And uh, I love being in client shoes and seeing the world from their side. So if your clients, let's say one of your earliest clients in your coaching practice were to be 
engaging in a masterful con or a conversation with you. I'm assuming that you would be masterful anyway, irrespective of whether it's a contracted coaching conversation or not. What would they call out as perceptible changes in the way you coach today? And, you know, maybe you can share one or two perceptible changes, if any. Yeah, I realized it was a leading question, but, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I, I kind of took that liberty based on what all of you said, right, that there are shifts. So what would one of your earlier clients tell you? I'd love to answer this. Yeah, um, I started my coaching practice 18 years ago, so I do have clients who've watched me evolve. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and I think I even had a, a my mentor coach kept saying, you're working too hard. Stop with the prep sheets. Stop sending me notes after the session, just sending clients notes after the session. You're holding the labor. No, that's for your client to do. You're mm. shepherding them through their own. You're not giving birth for them. Let them give birth, be the midwife, right? So I've I'm a hard worker. I've always found great utility in work. That's on me. I had to unlearn my value as how hard I'm working and relearn value as presence facilitating their work. That was very hard because I relied on my hard work. And Cindy knows it. She's listened to a lot of my tapes. She'd be like, stop all this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Ask what question, let them come toward you. Stop coming at them with all the solutions, right? Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, um, Alison. And and I think I can say for a lot of, you know, coaches on the mastery journey, you know, friends outside of this room as well. Um, it's about that laboring, right? And it does not mean that you're just sort of chilling out, right? Being a coach. I mean, you're getting paid for it. Uh, but that is not necessarily you doing all the work for your clients. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Alison. Thank you for going first. Uh, John, I saw you smile. John, um, can I request all panelists just unmute yourselves uh, so you can just jump into the conversation? Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to give you another quote, which is another one of my favorite quotes. And I, and like you, I believe in minimalism to the point where I will take you know two T-shirts even when I travel internationally. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my level of minimalism and and a backpack. That's it. So this is a quote by Antoine de Saint Exupéry, and he said, "Perfection is achieved not when there is nothing more to add." but when there is nothing left to take away. Wow. Yes, let me repeat that. Perfection is achieved, not when there is nothing more to add, but when there is nothing left to take away. And uh, so you know, if you had to ask me this question, um, if, if I had to look at a client that had, had worked with in the past many years ago and now, one of the things that I've been consciously working on is um, my mentor coach's favorite competency, which was then called CC4. Now it is CC5. <laughs> Are you quizzing her? <laughs> no. <laughs> she, probably knows it, she knows it better. <laughs> but, you know, I started focusing on just one thing, which was presence. So, so I tried not to do 
a whole bunch of things because you know you have eight competencies and you have a yeah. bunch of sub competencies. But I decided to focus on just being present for my clients. And the interesting thing was that I had clients actually tell me, and I don't know how they came up with that language because I did not expect them to know the language. But mm -hmm. they said that, John, we found you to be very present in our conversation. So for me, that was an affirmation of the work that I had started of just being present. Yeah. Uh, great quote, John, and, and also what you said. Uh, and, you know, it's so wonderful, right, to have your, uh, you know, we as coaches are working on this muscle of presence through so many sessions, et cetera, and your clients come and told you you were so present. Um, I think there can't be better validation than that. Thanks, John. Uh, Rachel, you want to go next? Can, yeah. Um, when I think back to... I'm just kind of trying to imagine when a, a, a client of mine, maybe a decade ago versus versus now. And I think if they were a fly in the wall watching so that observable skills, what would they see? What would they hear? What would be observable? I think what uh, they would definitely observe is me speaking a lot less mm -hmm. and uh, to Alison's point, working a lot less hard, uh, particularly in the realm of figuring out what they mean, that, that cognitive interpretation type of work in the session. Mm -hmm. And um, they probably hear a lot more inquiry and curiosity around other aspects, not just the cognitive. How are they thinking, but how are they feeling? What's their energy like? Um, what metaphors are coming up for them as they picture this thing that they're working with? There'd be a more depth um, and more curiosity. I think they're the the things that I'm imagining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that client might observe yeah. differently. Yeah. Um, thanks, Rachel. Uh, Cindy, before you take a stab at that one, I'm going to change this up a little bit. Um, because we hear so much about mastery starting with work on ourselves, right? The, the showing up happens first in ourselves. We talk about the who of the client. There's also the who of the coach. So my question to you would be, um, were there shifts? You know, were there, um, you know, was there something that you saw emerge in yourself as a person? Definitely. Um, you know, you know, Vijay, at the time when I applied for MCC, there was mentoring was not attached to credentialing. It was yeah. not a part of credentialing. So we just figured it out and, you know, had this minimum standard document, this long uh, document from the ICF yeah. website. So my journey started with that document, downloading it learning piece by piece of it on the core competencies, and more important, learning and practicing. So I practiced on everyone around me. I would ask a question, and if it didn't land well on them, I could see it on the face, and I knew, oops, not, not landing well. And when it did, and I could see that illumination in the face and something was going on, a shift in energy, and I knew, ah, now this feels like mastery, and a deeper connection to the client. 
-hmm. And that's, I found myself changing in that process of how to connect with the different aspects of the work of the client. And I think for me, as, as I went along the journey, of course, I, I felt so inside, you know, powerful mm. inside, like an internal space of this is, this is so connected and it's a different kind of connection with the client. Yeah. And it's so peaceful. It felt like I was not holding anything. Um, at anybody at any time could ask me to coach. I didn't mind even if I made a fool of myself was easy. I felt it was effortless. So I find myself in the journey of, as years continued, becoming more and more confident of not knowing, being a fool, you know, getting it wrong, and all in the service of clients, of how we work with clients. So I think those were the biggest shifts inside me. Of course, others would be more complimentary about it. But right now, that's for me. Yeah. I mean, you, you see yourself in the mirror and see someone beautiful emerging, right? Yeah. Every conversation I listen to, like an MCC recording, all starts in that space. It's just beautiful to me. <laughs> Thank you. I, I mean, as they say, beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. So that's that's what strikes me. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm going to now move a little bit into you know, some of the ground realities around this whole thing about, you know, credential. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe we'll uh, start with Rachel, because I think, Rachel, you've, you know, you've got your credential more recently, right? And, you know, your experiences could just be more, um, I would say, connected to this whole uh, journey, which is about what makes this MCC such a high bar to achieve? Well, I think you you pose the, the 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 thing that's coming to me as you as you as you ask that is to build on on Cindy's response there around a personal growth journey, um, and it's it's a depth of partnering that is if you have one end just kind of transactional it's the other end completely in terms of depth and transformation and that is a it's a big growth journey um so for for me it's like to come back to that partnering um where there's, there's a sort of, first of all, there's that from, this is my experience, that's the only thing I can speak to, <laughs> is that, that partnering with myself, and I mean like sort of deciding to partner with the part of myself that John described beautifully earlier, of that curious child, and remembering like there's a part of me that just, I just need to connect with again, mm -hmm. in a clean, uncluttered way, and allow that to emerge. And there's a lot of stuff that's between me and that clarity. So, so there's that degree of partnering, uh, which is life's journey as humans, I, I believe. Um, 
So there's that part, which is a very significant challenge. And then there's that part around partnering with another person and, you know, being willing to engage in that those conversations and then being willing to record them and look at transcripts and spot competencies that were demonstrated and stretches and give and receive feedback from your mentor coach and be able to receive that as a growth and a learning journey rather than from that other part of me that is those you know the clutter part <laughs> that creates yeah. stories around that and then I guess the third part of that partnering thing um is around you know that cl client and coach don't operate in a bubble either we're part of this planet these communities yeah. all of these different things so it's it's kind of um, almost like a babushka doll or something like that, you know, where you've got layers within layers. Um, yeah, yeah, but that, that's what comes to mind as you as you ask that question. Thank you, Rachel. I, I you know, the the authenticity, the you know, you you make you've you've made it sound so real, and what you're saying is true, right? I mean, it's it's not a quick fix, and even assuming you could, you know move a wand and get your MCC. I certainly hand to heart, don't think it's, you know, worth that. It's the journey that I think makes it so meaningful, right? I mean, about all the inner and outer transformations and everything. Um, so building on that, uh, Rachel, John, um, you know, I know you do mentor a lot of coaches formally and informally, and you always tell people that, you know, there is a master coach lying in everyone. Um, so my question to you is, what would be that one piece of advice you'd give to a coach um, who decides or you know who says, hey, you know, I'm gonna get on with this journey of mastery and you know, at some point pursue my credential as well? Yeah, so I'll try and answer it this way. When I signed up for my MCC training with Kocharya, um, I paid 5,000 US dollars for the program. This was in 2017. And I'll tell you why I'm saying this. And shortly thereafter, there was some coach thing that uh, Ram and Kocharya had organized. And they asked me to share something about my MCC journey. Yeah. And, and that's when I told Ram, I said, Ram, I think you should have charged me more. And I said, the reason I think that I would have happily paid more is because it's not really about the competencies because those is, that is something that I can you know we can easily learn but I think the important thing for coaches who are aspiring to go the MC route to remember is the work that they need to do with themselves you know the one that uh, Rachel reports yeah. partnering with yourself and I think that yeah. is incredibly hard and I think mm -hmm. when you make that decision to work on yourself and and there will be times where you will suck because you will realize, uh, you know, you have defaulted back to your old uh, self, right? But that's the part that you have to be very intentional about. Because I could, you know, work with somebody six months time, they could produce a recording of MCC quality. But if they haven't done that work, if they haven't embodied that inner work, then that is not going to reflect in who they are when they show up, you know, in front of a client. So I think that's the work that we need to be prepared for. That's yeah. 
that's hard right especially you know when you you moved out of that little child state where all of that came so intuitively and let go to bring those back in it, it is hard it is hard yeah it's a it's a journey it, it's something that is probably lifelong because you know if, if i look at myself today five years from when i received my mcc i can see there's a huge difference yeah. which means i've already you know progressed so much uh, further along the way right and and th back then i used to be like in literally in awe of sandy <laughs> <laughs> she was like the goddess the high priestess of coaching <laughs> but i realized it's a journey that we yeah. each of us will walk and we we will get better at it but we need to be intentional about uh, absolutely and, and yeah. the thing that uh, you know that Cindy referred to you know becoming a fool for example not not worrying about not knowing or you know you know where the client is taking us so yeah. I mean well, well said John and and this is true in any mastery of any any sort right whether it's art whether uh, I know you and I have spoken a lot about golf or whether it's even strength training for that matter right I mean you it is about the inner work first so thanks, John. Um, Alison, I, I, you know, wanted to just build on that and what John is saying, right, about, you know, what advice he would give. Um, you know, you would have seen other master coaches or, you know, you people in your cohort, your own self, the ships, etc. What's that one thing that really stands out uh, in a masterful coaching conversation? Hmm. Um. The thing that comes to me when you ask that, and when I think about my cohort, um, is a lack of ego, right? Is a lack of self-consciousness, mm -hmm. right? I think Cindy or, or, or John just said, you know, being unafraid to be the fool. And Cindy before said, I didn't know, could I say that? Oh, I, oh, I can, right? And just just being in the flow and in it and not being confused by having faith that you've worked, you've done, I mean, mastery, right, is about learning and mistakes and effort. And then you get to a certain point where you just trust yourself. And Cindy would, she, you are a master coach. Just let <laughs> me see it. Just let us send in the tape to show it. it you have it. Stop getting in the way of it. Right. Yeah. And so the ego can get in the way of it and checking yourself so that you can just hold space and presence for the client. Yeah. Yeah. Getting out of your own way. Biji, can I, can I request something? Oh, yeah, I see, absolutely. I see Ram is in the audience. Can we, oh, um, really? I don't know what the word is, upload him. Can we upload it? We promote him. It's called promoting. Yeah, I, I don't know what the word is. Just, just <laughs> in the yeah, let's promote him as panelists and uh, Kiva, if you could help. And while Kiva is doing that, I think there are one or two questions. So panelists, like I disclosed earlier, you know, I'm in the hot seat. I mean, not panelists, audience, right? I'm in the hot seat because 60 minutes for master coaches, it's really hard to unpack this. So I've not been able to give much of attention to Q&A, but I'm going to take a pause here as Ram joins in. And there are two questions that I see. One is from uh, Uduak, if I pronounced your name correct. Uh, what clutter do we as coaches bring into coaching? Any one of you can take it. Hi, Ram. Good evening. Hi, Ram. We let Ram take it. Ram, do you want to take that? What clutter do coaches bring into coaching?
at what level are you talking mastery ah uh, the levels not mentioned here but i'm assuming it's for coaches at all levels i think cindy would confirm this that when we start with people who know nothing about coaching they bring far less clutter with themselves they don't know the only fear is uh, what if somebody knows that we don't know so we tell them none of us know anyway so what's the big deal so it's actually we have a challenge sinya and i currently we are doing uh, it's one of those rare programs that we have done for a while together we call it integrated systemic team coaching and so it's covering everything personal coaching individual coaching team coaching self coaching all that kind of a stuff with spirituality you 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 throw whatever there is available and hope that sticks and um, so there is the first part and the second part the second part we are going to have people who are coming and joining us with about 60 hours of training and we are pretty sure that those people who are going to join us after the 60 hours are going to be in serious trouble when they are faced with these people who have started with zero and be able to do that so and then and this is something that i have experienced time again uh, cindy and i between us have trained i don't know how many god knows but uh, uh, 100 over cindy personally has trained many more 100 over people to mcc and you know that my journey i have repeated often enough that i took four and a half times to clear my mcc and today there are probably two in our entire batch so far who have done it at the second level um, everyone and we have trained more coaches than all countries except north america usa and canada more numbers than britain so we can sit on all those laurels but i find that mccs bring more clutter into the room and unfortunate because if you are a coach you should be capable of getting rid of the clutter within you you should be able to unbaggage yourself otherwise you shouldn't be able to coach because we are there to help people who are disempowered with lots of condition memories beliefs and stuff like that and if we ourselves as coaches and and i'm not saying it in any negativity and this is general knowledge 80% of people at various levels of coaching they have their own baggages demons to deal with but if you haven't really addressed them yourself or at least if you're not aware of them yourself how can you coach another person when i mean various like i heard john talking about presence and uh, alison talked about loss of ego and stuff like that but unless you are in that space and how do you know that you are in that space uh i understand john's passions for passion for presence but how do you know that you are in a state of presence is there a way to measure it there's only one way to measure it ask your body that will tell you there's no other way are you feeling comfortable in your body in your skin and that is why more and more we are moving towards this whole aspect of you might call it somatic i call it sensory 
the sensory awareness, sensory consciousness, which is the only way that uh, I'm answering your question in a very different way. But yeah, the answer is, is there a lot of clutter? Yeah, there is. Question is, can I be completely without clutter? The answer is no. You will always be with clutter. Every time that you breathe, you are taking in clutter with you. But are you aware of that clutter? That's a question to ask. So if you're aware that you have clutter and at least you are honest about it, you are authentic from a Rogerian sense, I think that's fine. Yeah, I, I'll stop my nonsense here. Not nonsense, Ram. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, and you know, the person who's asked the question finds it very profound. So thank you. Thank you, Ram. Um, seven minutes to go. And I want to really make this count. So one question from me, final one to the panel, and you know you can choose to skip it if you, you're, you're not very comfortable with it. If you were to restart, go back to the day you decided to embark on your journey or at some point of time, would you do anything differently? If so, what? I would do nothing differently. I attended all sessions of Ram and Cindy, and I have a <laughs> bottle of uh, uh, single malt from Ram to prove that. <laughs> that. That's for not missing a single class. Not missing a single class. John was the first bencher student? Well, he was a guy who complained the most bitterly that you <laughs> made me sacrifice my Sunday morning golf or Saturday morning golf, Saturday, whatever, Saturday, whatever Saturday. it was. And he, yes. he cribbed and cribbed and cribbed ever. And I said, if you attend all the classes, whoever attends, I'll give you uh, a Balvini, a uh, 15-year-old. And that's what I did. But he never drank it with me. No? <laughs> well done, John. And we'll take this offline. <laughs> Cindy, would you do anything different? <laughs> No, not at all. I mean, no. the learnings that I got was a treasure. I would not have done anything differently. Yeah. Rachel. I would have done something differently. Yeah. And <laughs> um, so yeah. I, I think I would um, have not got stuck at, um, at ACC for as long as I did, which was seven years. So I uh, applied for PCC in 2015 and I was awarded ACC and I got stuck. I did loads of other stuff, but I never went back to that performance evaluation ICF um, to test myself against that bar again. Uh, for seven years. So it was conversations with Cindy and Ram that kind of said, all right, so 2022 is the year, let's do it. Um, but I, it would have been, if I had my time again, although I got loads of learning in that, I think I would have probably chosen on hindsight to learn a bit faster. Yeah. And I think there's a message in there for a lot of aspirants who are on this call wondering, should I, should I not? Um, thank you, Rachel. Alison, I know you, you know, um, how do I say, you, you, you're still on the track, right? I mean, all of us are on the track. recording to go. It's been submitted. <laughs> um, you know, 
I, I think, and I know Cindy will probably get a chuckle when I say this. I think I have learned in a very specific way, right? I grew up in the United States. I went to an Ivy League school. I went to NYU for my coaching um, certification. And I'm a big classroom nerd. I take tests really well. And that's a linear approach. Now, the, I specifically sought out Coach Aria because I wanted a school that's based in a different country and I wanted a different approach to this. And yet she's already smiling. I fought it. I was like, no, this doesn't make sense. This isn't how I learned. This isn't. So I think what this flipped in me is so many different ways to learn, digest. And Cindy, I'm thinking about a lot of Ashwin's, you know, shared thoughts about being and the spiritual change that happens. We haven't really mm -hmm. talked about that today, but I think that's the biggest area of learning. Learning comes on the golf course, in all places, in a car accident with tech support problems, right? So embracing the constant learning because we are helping our clients transform, right? And, and they're bravely seeking our support to, to get to a different place, right? So it behooves us to look at those constant um, transformations we're having in our lives. And I think for me, it would have been a little more graceful, but then of course I had to back up against bucking the non-traditional learning that I did in order to be here now and appreciate. Also, if I may add to what Rachel said, this is killing me. There are some great people in my MCC cohort who have tapes that Cindy has given the thumbs up who just aren't pressing the send button and applying. So I am not sure what it is about getting this certification where people kind of choke and don't submit, even though they have perfectly prepared things. So I echo what Rachel said, which is like, go for it, test yourself, you'll learn. Hey, Ram shared, he did it a couple of times. What's the worst thing that could happen? You know, get in there and keep testing yourself and learning. So I, I couldn't help sort of going back to my own memory because I was on the other side of the fence, Alison, and Cindy, you know, has talked about this earlier. Uh, she said no for a recording and I went and fought with her and I said, no, this is a yes, right? I, I just know this has to go, so, you know, and I, and I did that wild thing and sent it off, right? And I'm not gonna tell you what the result was, but, uh, you know, we, we just have to go for it. So love that, Alison. Love that energy with which uh, we are wrapping up. We have one more minute to go. So last words uh, from the panelists and Ram, you're part of the panel too now. So um, anyone, please go ahead. And I hope I have answered all questions that have come. If not, please put it into the chat box. We can see whether we can have a quick rapid fire or something. Uh, but yeah, mm. in any order. I, I want to say I got a lot of res resilience and a lot of patience and I can take a lot of fights. So yeah, your all your fights are highly honored and respected. <laughs> Thanks, Cindy. John? Uh, yeah, for me, you know, for me, the takeaway is there's so much that this is really a journey. That, uh, that the learning never stops, that, uh, you know, and we can bring to bear the things that we learn in, in coaching into other into all all the aspects of our being and i think that's that's a privilege that we have as coaches right we can actually use this to be better human beings that's uh, that's uplifting thank you john ram 
Let me put it this way. Uh, it, it's a cliche, but um, to me, it's a hero's journey, but the hero's journey with a twist. The traditional hero's journey starts with a calling. Yes, it does. The traditional hero's journey has struggles, uh, dragons and demons and all that kind of stuff. Yes, it does. At the end of it, the hero reaches the summit, the holy grail, and that's it. And then takes a holy grail and comes back and shares it with the community below. I don't think it works that way, uh, at least in my experience, because when that holy grail happened, it had no meaning for me. The label itself had lost all relevance by that time. Uh, that's a long story. Anyway, um, but the point is after that, it's been a constant climbing further. So the journey has been a struggle, but the struggle has been within me. The struggle has not been uh, with acquiring, and fortunately there wasn't another, God knows what about the alphabet label there was, uh, there have been others too, but uh, it, it's really what that is. So it's a never ending journey. It, it, it's against yourself or not against yourself. It's like in a sense of bettering yourself constantly. How can I do that? It's a battle against your ego in a sense. How do I let go of my ego? So that's what I would leave you with. Thank you, Ram. Rachel, to round things up and we can call it a day. Uh. <laughs> I, I I I echo that hero's journey uh, um, idea of the twist. Twi the first thing a hero needs to do on a journey is commit to the journey, and that's the that for that is a that journey towards like finish it, that commitment towards completing the journey or getting to the next milestone is the essence. It, you know that that's. It's just a matter of time then. Maybe two recordings, maybe 10 recordings, maybe 50 recordings. In this case of the, the hero's journey of the MCC journey, it's just a matter of time. And along the way, you get all of these amazing nuggets and learnings and they're to be treasured. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, with that, we will bring today's conversation to a close. And uh, thank you to all the participants here today. Uh, love the way you were holding space for our uh, masterful panel here. And thank you for giving me this opportunity. Thank you, Kocharya. Thank you, Cindy. And Thanks, uh, thank, thank you, Viti. Thank, thank you all. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Good night. Bye. Good day. Bye-bye.